Welcome to this podcast on women's exclusion from peacemaking. Produced here at Queen's University Belfast, this is part of a series created in the university's Faculty of Arts, Humanities and Social Sciences, focusing on the ideas and research of academic experts here at Queen's in relation to conflict. I'm Richard English, Professor of Politics at Queen's University Belfast, and I'm delighted to say that I'm joined today by Dr. Maria Adriana Diana and Dr. Jamie Hagan. Maria Adriana Diana is a lecturer in international relations at Queen's University. Her research deploys feminist and other critical perspectives to examine the interrelated issues of war, peace and security. Her book, entitled Gender and Citizenship, Promises of Peace in Post-Dayton, Bosnia and Herzegovina, was published in 2018. And she's also authored academic papers on gender politics, citizenship and feminist activism in contexts shaped by conflict and international intervention. Her work has also been published in peer-reviewed journals, including Citizenship Studies, Peacebuilding, Geopolitics and the Journal of Narrative Politics. Jamie J. Hagan is a lecturer in international relations, also here at Queen's University Belfast, and received her PhD from the University of Massachusetts Boston in the Global Governance and Human Security Programme in 2018. Her work at the intersection of gender, security studies and queer theory appears in a number of peer-reviewed journals including International Affairs and Critical Studies in Security. In spring 2019, Dr Hagen was a visiting fellow at the Centre for Women, Peace and Security at the London School of Economics. Together with Maria Diana, she is the co-director of the Centre for Gender in Politics at Queen's University. I'm going to begin the conversation by asking Maria about the Queen's University Centre for Gender in Politics. Maria, can you tell us a bit about the Centre's work to date and why it's been such an important initiative? Um, so the Center for Gender in Politics, uh, it, it's quite a new initiative. We launched the center in uh, November 2019. Uh, and the rationale uh, behind the center is essentially our um, idea of creating a space for uh, the growing community of feminist scholars, uh, as well as activists who are interested in applying uh, a gender lens to to understand key challenges in uh, in global politics. Uh, um, I also would like to acknowledge um, the work of our pre predecessors, our colleague uh, Professor Yvonne Galligan, and uh, the role of her own center uh, for uh, for women in politics. Yvonne, uh, for many years, has worked at Queens, and uh, in many ways, her own work and the creation of her own center paved the way uh, for the kind of work that we are trying to do. Uh, so I just wanted to acknowledge her legacy. Um, in terms of our aim with the center, um, we essentially want to bring together students and, and scholars who are interested in investigating the centrality of gender um, in shaping local, national and global dynamics. We are also interested in bringing to at attention to the ways in which gender intersect with other categories such as uh, race, class, uh, sexuality and, and ability. Uh, and so this uh, is reflected in, uh, in our own activities. So uh, at the center, uh, we try to promote uh, interdisciplinary and cross-faculty dialogues at Queens. 
So in this respect, we have received some support from uh, the, the Faculty of Humanities as well as from the ESRC in order to create uh, a new initiative, which is called Queen's Gender. Uh, and uh, this is a, a new hub that actually brings together uh, different uh, uh, researchers across the faculty who are engaging in uh, developing feminist research. So we are very happy to uh, to being able to, to launch this initiative as part of, uh, of the center. Um, another important uh, aspect of the center and uh, that really shapes our activities is uh, our aim to sustain uh, connections with the wider, wider community of feminist and LGBT activists, as well as cultural organizations that exist in Belfast and in Northern Ireland. I think we are very fortunate to uh, live in Northern Ireland when there is a long-standing history of feminist activism and uh, there is a vibrant community of feminist uh, uh, organizations and uh, LGBT activists. And so we are very much uh, uh, open to um, strengthen our connections with them. And so in terms of the activities, we have uh, tried to prioritize events uh, and initiatives that actually can support collaboration uh, between uh, the academics as well as students at Queen's University and other feminist activists in, in civil society. So since our launch, then we, we've been quite busy. Uh, we, uh, we launched the event with a roundtable with feminist and LGBT activists from Northern Ireland. Uh, we had uh, film screenings, we had uh, um, invited speakers, and so through these activities we were actually able to create and, and build um, an interesting community, uh, and uh, this is obviously something that we aim to, to continue uh, to develop. Um, unfortunately, because of the recent events, some of our activities had to be put on hold. However, even during uh, the, the lockdown, we were able to, uh, to nurture our community. For, so, for example, we recently had an online seminar with uh, feminist activists in Northern Ireland, where we were uh, discussing recent developments in reproductive uh, rights. Uh, we have also launched uh, our blog, which is uh, live since April, and which will uh, feature uh, contributions from ourselves, uh, other colleagues, as well as work from our students. And so we are hoping to, to use the, the blog as a way of kind of nurturing this community uh, that uh, is, we are creating uh, around the center, also during this time uh, of, uh, of lockdown. Thanks very much indeed. And it's nice to hear mention there of the pioneering work that Yvonne Galligan did at Queen's, because as you're saying, this uh, this Centre for Gender and Politics is very much continuing a strong tradition and giving it even greater vibrancy. And looking forward, Jamie Hagan, if I can turn to you, if you were to say over the next five years or so where you'd like the Centre for Gender and Politics to have moved what Queen's does to have moved agendas forward. What would be the main things over the coming period that you'd like to see develop? Uh, yeah, thank you for um, asking me that and for inviting us to, to share what we're dreaming up here with the Center for Gender and Politics, uh, Richard. And of course, right now in the middle of a pandemic, in many ways we're, we're spending our thinking right now in the future, given the frustrations and limitations of 
of what we're able to do um, right now. But certainly our aim is to become an internationally recognized space for feminist scholarship and particularly uh, civil society engagement, uh, looking at international studies with a gendered lens. So this is certainly building on the scholarship that Maria and I have already been doing, but finding uh, QUB and Belfast in particular to be a really powerful place to be doing this work. So we anticipate continuing to highlight research that's connecting activists, practitioners, and researchers, but serving as this place of translation between these groups, because as we know, often there's piles and piles of research that just doesn't really get translated into policy, or that maybe isn't putting forward the um, issues that are most relevant to those individuals who are working in direct services, perhaps. So we're mindful of finding a way to use this center as a place to to build those bridges and to have that space of translation. Um, in the future, we, we foresee uh, hosting in an international conference. Specifically, we're hoping uh, perhaps the International Feminist Journal of Politics because um, I'm an active member of the board of IFJP. And also this journal is one of those spaces that's bringing together feminist scholarship that is very much doing the type of work that we're, we're looking to do to bring together policy and activism and, and uh, feminist international relations scholarship, right? But um, we're also very much driven by our students and seeing the um, curiosities that they bring into the classroom. And um, Maria has been teaching the gender and international relations class I've just introduced a gender, peace, and security module, which uh, is scheduled to launch in the spring. And we're uh, looking to establish a master's program that will allow feminist and gender studies scholars to um, come together and you know, be engaged with the issues that we're highlighting through the center and really look at conflict and peace and security questions through this gendered lens. Uh, of course, we'd love to host postdoctoral fellows in the future. And if I can sort of narrow it down to two research projects that are in their pilot stage that Maria and I are working on, um, Maria's uh, taking the lead on a cross-border, a feminist cross-border collaborations initiative that is looking to um, existing feminist solidarities between Ireland and Northern Ireland. Of course, we can't forget that Brexit is very much um, a pressing issue in, uh, in our politics today. So part of that feminist cross-border collaboration project will be thinking through how, what that means in people's lives and drawing on the activism that has very much been paying attention this, to this for years, right? And um, in terms of the research project I'm heading up right now, um, I'm looking at bridging women, peace and security and LGBTQ activism. So I'll be hosting a workshop next year, which uh, the idea is to first look at LGBTQ activism in a number of post-conflict spaces. So uh, to bring together activists from um, Northern Ireland, but also Lebanon and Colombia, because not often do uh, activists and those who are on the ground doing uh, immediate response and post-conflict have the space to come together and sort of learn to learn from one another. So again, this would be another way to provide a space for translation between communities and then have 
asks not only uh, locally in these communities, but also what does that mean for international LGBTQ activism? So those, those are sort of the, some of the relationships that we see being able to foster. So that would be, you know, a workshop that would then lead to um, a network. And, and to be able to foster that, those sort of relationships, it really does require the type of commitment that we can offer as a center to be able to host these conversations and relationships and develop them over time, because this is, this is just the sort of thing that will take um, the, the longer term commitment to developing um, practical uh, policy uh, documents to then move forward. And we see ourselves as being, uh, Maria and I see ourselves as being in this place where we can link the, the scholarship, we can bring in the student energy to uh, these questions, and then we can also bring in civil society to sort of serve as a space for, for those conversations. Thank you. I mean, it, it sounds like a very exciting initiative and agenda that you're both describing. And towards the end, you mentioned student energy, Jamie, and you referred to the prospect of teaching graduate students and so on. Both of you are university teachers as well as academic researchers with an activist commitment. I, I'm going to ask you both to say something, if you would, about the ways in which you approach the teaching of peace and conflict and security with a feminist and queer lens and the distinctive aspects of that. Jamie, could I start with you talking about the teaching work and the way that that relates to the aspects of the agenda that you have been outlining? Absolutely. So my teaching is informed by my experience working with civil society organizations. So when I first started doing the work that I'm doing with Women, Peace and Security, I began uh, with uh, working with a global network of women peace builders and peace women, and these are two civil society organizations based in New York City. So my feminist curiosity about international human rights um, brought me to the women peace and security architecture. So I, I sort of discovered it through um, having having this curiosity about okay, so what are people doing? What is the response to um, women's experiences in in conflict? So. Um, that also made me curious about the lack of attention to LGBTQ communities in conflict-related environments, which motivates my own research agenda. So as a queer feminist teacher, I'm committed to focusing on my own lived experiences, right, my own um, work that then, you know, one, one curiosity led to another, but also drawing attention to the lived experiences of those from the civil society organizations um, so it's it's this specific uh, interest and in sort of what it looks like from the civil society perspective, which is maybe not always at the foreground of, of most international relations teaching anyway, that, that motivates how I set out a syllabus, that motivates how I think about... Um, I mean, I, I love theory and I, and I love teaching theory, but in all of the, the teaching about theory, I'm also thinking, okay, so how do different people experience conflict differently? How do we consider uh, security from different perspectives? And so as we say on our website, um, you know, quoting the feminist international relations scholar, Cynthia Enloe, um, you know, there's this ever-present curiosity about where are the women when we're studying international relations. And that's just, you know, of course, that's the gendered insight that, that motivates what I'm thinking through when I'm deciding uh, what 
readings to assign and what what questions to to probe in the classroom. But um, I'm also hoping to to draw out those interests and those curiosities from the students in the classroom too. Yes, let's look at this specific conflict that you've decided to focus on, but let's also remember that there's different approaches and there's different lenses that we can bring as, uh, you know, and that's where my feminist and queer um, insight sort of brings me when I'm, when we're thinking about different approaches to conflict intervention, sort of different ways to think about complex humanitarian emergencies. Thanks very much. Maria, can you say something, please, about the the challenges and the opportunities that you found involved in the teaching that you've engaged in at Queen's University? Absolutely. Um, so in a similar vein to, to Jamie, um, I've also been engaging with uh, the emergence of the Women, Peace and Security agenda, uh, which has become now the dominant uh, institutional framework for the articulation of uh, uh, gender concerns in the context of conflict management, conflict transformation, and, and peace building. And so my own work uh, looks specifically at the tensions between uh, uh, the institutionalization of the agenda and then the everyday experiences of women and of grassroots uh, organizations. I have also looked at how the agenda, uh, the WPS agenda has traveled um, along the architecture of international security. So I've looked at the ways in which WPS gets incorporated into uh, practices of uh, European Union security and, and peace building. And so what I try to bring to uh, my teaching and, and my own research are critical questions about uh, uh, the, the emergence of the agenda itself uh, and how does it relate to uh, everyday experiences of peace and security. I, uh, I ask questions about what is the meaning of peace uh, and security uh, uh, whose voices and whose experiences matter uh, in uh, in our research around peace and security, but I also try to get the students involved in in thinking about these wider questions. Um, so, in terms of uh, the challenges and opportunities that I have experienced at Queens, uh, so in the past two years, I have witnessed a huge interest in gender and feminist research. Uh, among students. Uh, so the modules I, I teach, the module on, on gender and uh, international relations I teach with Jamie, uh, uh, it, they are becoming increasingly popular. Um, we have seen a growing community of students coming together with a huge interest in bringing feminist lenses to the study of international relations, of peace uh, and conflict. And of course, this is very exciting. I think that this energy is also what we are trying to capture um, at the center. Uh, but of course, it also presents some challenges because in many ways doing uh, feminist and gender research, uh, it, it's difficult, uh, often because uh, uh, students are not trained to uh, to do develop these analysis. Uh, very often students tell us that our module is the first time that they encounter feminist uh, uh, thinkers. And so I think that one of the challenges that we have now uh, and that we, uh, I, we are thinking about is ways in which we can integrate uh, uh, feminist analysis more systematically into our thinking and teaching around international relations, peace and security. 
And it seems to be that uh, that students, uh, you know, are particularly interested in engaging with these uh, thinkers, with these ideas. And of course, this is something that we are now uh, thinking about. It's, it's, it's a wider discussion that we need to have in, in terms of thinking about what is international relations? How does gender matter? And of course, it doesn't stop here. It's a wider conversation that we're having within the discipline. Uh, but in terms of what we are planning on doing, I think that hopefully the master that we will develop will uh, actually help us to uh, to create this uh, more systematic uh, approach to teaching uh, feminist international relations and uh, gendered analysis of peace and security. Thanks very much indeed. I mean, you mentioned the way in which students are engaging in debate around the sorts of major issue that you're addressing. I mean, one thing I've noticed recently has been obviously that legacies of race and of racism have been very salient in students' discussions, as in in the discussions and reflections more publicly and globally, uh, given the terrible events in the States and the implications of our thinking about them. I want to turn the conversation, therefore, now to ways of thinking about some intersections, the intersections of gender, race, colonialism, whether in terms of your work as teachers or your work in terms of research and particularly perhaps research collaborations, could you comment on the intersections of gender, race and colonialism? And maybe I'll start with you, Maria, on that one. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, what we're witnessing now, it's a, it's a crucial moment that is really foregrounding uh, the the deadly workings of, of racism and uh, of course uh, you know students have been um, in many ways engaging with uh, with what is happening um, so I think that this is an important moment for uh, for bring for thinking about the intersections between gender uh, race and colonialism uh, so it is a moment obviously of anger and reckoning I think it is a moment of uh, for accountability not only uh, from governmental structures but also for for uh, all of us who, who benefit in, in different ways from, from whiteness. Uh, but at the same time, uh, as Angela Davis has said uh, only a couple of days ago, this is also an important moment where we're seeing unprecedented challenges uh, to, to racism globally. We're seeing important conversations uh, coming to the fore of public debate on the legacy of colonialism and slavery. We're also seeing new demands for justice. And of course, gender is also an important dimension of these claims, uh, uh, because we must remember that, for instance, if, uh, also black women have been uh, victims of of police brutality. And so uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, who is uh, uh, an important thinker within black feminism, said that uh, uh, we shouldn't forget the gender dimension of Black Lives Matter. Um, so, you know, these developments very much uh, pay, uh, play into the contribution of uh, uh, feminist postcolonial scholars uh, and black feminist thinkers to uh, uh, thinking about uh, international relations, for instance. So I think that what is important to highlight is that these moments of political upheaval are revealing longer uh, standing processes of gendered, class and racialized exclusions. Uh, which are embedded in the fabric uh, and operational logics of our society, but also crucially also of, our, of academia. And feminist postcolonial scholars, black feminist scholars, have been at the, co at the forefront of uh, actually drawing attention to these processes of exclusion and violence. And they've also been at the forefront of mounting these challenges to, to academia. And, uh, you know, in speaking about our own discipline to international re relations as well. 
so in doing so, feminist postcolonial scholars, black feminist scholars, have continued to face resistance, uh, if not outright abuse. And so I think it's becoming even more urgent now that we find ways uh, in of building uh, solidarities and of thinking about how we can foreground these important legacy within our discipline. So as someone that has been engaging with this scholarship, I think that we still have a lot to do and uh, a lot of unlearning to do. But I think that there are also some practical things that we can we can begin from. So, for example, in terms of teaching, I think that uh, it is crucial that we incorporate, uh, you know, feminist postcolonial uh, uh, scholarship, anti-racist scholarship into our teaching, into our curriculum. Um, and uh, we need to amplify uh, the colleagues that have been involved in such scholarship. And we also need to help students um, problematize certain stories that we've been uh, told about, you know, the, the discipline of international relation, uh, the discipline of uh, even feminism itself. Um, and I think that this is something that uh, we have begun to do uh, in our own teaching. Uh, but again, you know, this is something that we need to pay even more attention to given current circumstances. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, it, it, it does sound like it's a, it's a moment for profound reflection to which your own expertise will contribute really powerfully because of the areas of intersection between these themes and also because of the desire you have for societal transformation as well as academic debate that's it's fascinating J jamie can you comment from your expert point of view about some of the intersections between colonialism race gender or other aspects of what you've studied uh, researched taught collaborated about absolutely so certainly i i would echo everything that that maria has raised and um you know with the back black lives matter protests and the resulting actions responding to police brutality and racism around the world. This is certainly, as you said, um, on many people's minds, perhaps more than ever. Uh, this is especially true in the US where I'm currently sitting, right? So uh, where the Black Lives Matter movement was born by three queer black women. I think this is, <laughs> I, I think this is something that's incredibly important to note and it's something that, um, speaks to some of the silences even in you know black activism in the past where queer voices weren't lifted up in the same way that this movement has insisted on so you know this is something that i highlight in the classroom this is something that um certainly also connects up with um movements from cape town to london right we've got roads must fall and that's something that links directly up to thinking about uh, the, the the university, right, and being in the university of the university. So in my research and uh, instructing, I know it's important to think about my own positionality when I'm reflecting on gender, race, and colonialism, um, certainly also within the women, peace, and security uh, architecture and this work I've been doing in women, peace, and security. I just co-authored a chapter with Tony Hastrup, and we're looking at the racialized hierarchies um, and sort of the the framework of global north versus global south and how that operates within the women peace and security architecture so um you know this is something that that we've been thinking about in the women peace and security space but of course the university is not neutral right i find students are concerned about um especially when you start talking about gender um they're concerned about bias and um it seems many of them have not actually been asked to reflect on their own positionality um, as students, as researchers. And so I consider that one of my responsibilities to address in the classroom. And I'm, I'm thinking here of 
works like Teaching to Transgress by Bell Bell Hooks and really uh, looking to those who've who've seen the classroom as this space where we need to address and and deal with those tensions and those challenges and really, you know, opportunities and responsibilities. Um, I also know that it's uh, important to teach gender, race, and colonialism not as separate topics, right? They're not like an individual week to be addressed um, in in the conflict mediation, for example, module or conflict transfer or conflict intervention module. This can't be something that just gets its own week, you know, week nine. <laughs> it needs to be something that's threaded throughout, as I mentioned, when thinking about this, the, um, you know, when I think about which readings to include and what, what the syllabus will look like. So um, in terms of collaborations, I'm mindful of who I'm collaborating with, um, not only when publishing, but also when organizing workshops. And um, I do see it is a feminist responsibility, of course, to be intersectional as an instructor, but also in the research that I do. So uh, I see this really as a space, you know, as I mentioned, the Black Lives Matter protests. And also, um, I just see the work we're doing with the center and the scholarship and also the opportunities I have in the classroom as being a way to respond and be responsible to the issues that these movements continue to highlight. And, um, you know, I, I really welcome the collaborations at QUB and really the collaborations we're able to help host and facilitate through the center to continue to pursue that. Thank you. It's been such a rich discussion that you've both given us in this podcast. I've really enjoyed hearing about the original research and teaching that you're doing. And also very striking as you're both speaking, there's a huge commitment to social transformation. And I think that's so important in the work that scholars and teachers do at and through universities and beyond them. I hope everyone listening to the podcast will follow up by looking at the Queen's website, finding out about the centre, finding out about the research and teaching that Maria and Jamie have done. But in closing this, I just want to say a profound word of thanks for an excellent discussion to Dr. Maria Diana and Dr. Jamie Hagen. Thank you very much indeed. Please rate and review and share this podcast.